What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Bold Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Today, we're talking about last-minute tips to help you win your fantasy leagues. Got the best coaches in the game. <laughs> we really ain't playing. We regroup up in the Slack chat where the coaches debrief. We be piecing these puzzles, occupy the chunk of the pie. Ain't no lie when we hit the block. Helmets casket is top. All right, welcome back to the Bold Call Fantasy Football Podcast. We've been getting you ready to crush your fantasy football season-long leagues, all off-season, and it is time. We are in draft season, season-long says. And today we're going to take a look at some tips, really, really pointed tips that will help you dominate your drafts. These are last-minute things, important little nuggets to help you win your leagues. Yeah, what's happening, you're... my man? Yeah, what's up, man? I mean, this is it. This is draft season. We t- we were on here yesterday talking about it, and um, and we're going to talk about um, a couple things today. Like, just picture if you're going into the big fight, you're you're go- about to fight Conor McGregor, you're about to fight Mike Tyson, and you have everything. You've done all the training, you've done all the reps, you are ready for your draft. What we're going to do today is we're going to act as your corner man. All right, or corner, and we're going to sit there. We're going to rub your shoulders. We're just going to tell you: remember to slip the jab. Remember to, you know, to 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 duck the right and punch. We're going to give you all these great last-minute tips that you need before you go into your draft. You know what the worst thing is? When you have a plan, you go into the draft, and you know you're not really prepared enough, and it all goes out the window. You get into a panic. All of a sudden, you know, three rounds in, you're looking like, "What the hell have I done?" So. The first tip is always going to be to have been watching this podcast throughout the offseason and be prepared. Make sure you've um, you've you've mocked. Make sure you've tested a few different strategies out in best ball or mocks in advance of your real draft, that kind of thing. So we want to make sure that you don't get off track. Yeah, no, that, that's it, man. So um, by the way, is my is mine? Am I coming in? OK. I'm you're, not. You're, yeah, you're coming in just fine. So okay, great. Um, yeah, no. So that's what we're gonna do today, and I think that's the most important thing. And I want to just like underline what you just said. We tense up because you know, like you know, we've done all the work here. It's just that when you're on the clock and you have either money on the line or pride on the line, and we all want to win our fantasy leagues, we we come we, and we just kind of freeze up. It happens to the best of us. And the more leagues you're in, you start like. Saying, "Hey, I already got enough of those guys. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not going to get uh, Zeke Elliott again. I'm going to take Derrick Henry this time. Stick to your convictions. So, why don't you start us off and tell us the first piece of last minute advice that you're going to tell people as they walk into their draft room? All right. So, I mean, getting getting into some specifics here, guys. This is one of the most basic premises of all of um, fantasy football, especially single QB. And we've done shows on Superflex recently, which you should check out." But if you are drafting in a single QB league, my strong suggestion is unless some weird stuff is going on in your league where there are a lot of sharp players, most leagues are not this way, you should be waiting to draft your quarterback. You should be waiting to be one of the last people in your league to draft a quarterback. And I'm going to tell you why. So I don't like to just tell you something without explaining why. Number one, If somebody takes a Pat Mahomes, a Josh Allen in the first three or four rounds, they're giving up a premium position player in order to make that uh, pickup. In rounds four or five, you've still got starting running backs. You've still got WR1 and one and a half types. And you're giving that up to take a quarterback. But the problem is there's no scarcity of position when it comes to the quarterback position. There are 32 of them, uh, including... 
two others that are like waiting in the wings to come off the bench and win you your leagues with uh, Lance and Justin Fields. There are so many of them that the difference between QB five, six versus QB 15 to 17 is so minimal that drafting early really hampers your ability to put together a deep team. So my first tip is do not be anywhere near one of the first in your league to draft a quarterback. Wait, there's great guys towards the end of uh, the top 12, Stafford, Tannehill, Jalen Hurts. Well, what's can- the what's the firewall for you? Like, what's the who's the last quarterback uh, according to ADP that you are comfortable locked and loaded? Where you're not thinking like, hey, uh oh, I waited too long, and now I'm going to have to play that waiver wire game where uh, I have Sam Darnold one week and Derek oh, Carr no. the next week. Oh, so God. Kirk Cousins the next week. So who is the cut line quarterback where you're like every week starter? Uh, it, it's Jalen Hurts, and he's going as QB eleven or twelve right now. So. I'm very comfortable, says, with all of the top 12. Now, again, if you're in a league and people are taking backup quarterbacks, uh, they're they're grabbing backup quarterbacks while their teams aren't filled, which essentially is what you're saying. That does happen in home leagues. Like, you know, people will reach up and grab the quarterbacks. But those people are going to lose the league anyway, so it doesn't matter. Like, good. Thank you for doing that. You're irrelevant because, like I said, uh, am I uncomfortable even playing someone like Tua or Cousins or – or these guys that you can get a little later, even Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff is a no for me. Come on, guys. But but um, how about uh, Ryan Tannehill? He represents the great. cut line. He well, he represents the cut line for me, and he's probably QB twelve or thirteen. Uh, some people had mentioned Trevor Lawrence in the chat. Tra- in the chat, I'm not so sure. I mean, I feel decent about Trevor Lawrence, but how bad the Jaguars offense looked in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but I would not feel comfortable going as him as my QB one, unless I had a Kirk cousins behind him. So Jalen hurts. It sounds like we're on the same page. Ryan Tannehill. I have a little bit of a different QB philosophy from you this year. So although I appreciate your tip of waiting and I think it's a good strategy, I just want to give, I just want to lay out an alternative strategy that I've personally used in my drafts this year. And it remains to be seen. If you remember last year on tips and tricks, we, we recommended Josh Allen when he was going as, in the eighth round. Obviously that was a home run. I know some other people were too, but we were really pushing that drum. We had him as our QB three. We definitely hit on the Lamar Jackson and the Pat Mahomes the year before. So one of the be- the biggest questions we get in the DFS army discord is, Hey, you guys have hit three in a row. Who's your, who's your fourth one? Who's now, who is it this year? And the answer is, yes, sure, Jalen Hurts does make sense. It's an obvious one. But my the way I'm conducting my drafts this year, Geek, is I am not, I'm reaching on the quarterbacks. So I'm actually going to go a little different than you hear. And even though, again, I want to tell everyone that Geek's strategy is a sound one. Don't but, do what Kansas is saying right now. Well, do what I well, say. <laughs> but Please. I am getting my quarterback in the fifth round. But I'm also, there's one of five quarterbacks that I want. I want either Mahomes, and I'm not taking Mahomes because the ADP is too rich. I want at the end of the fifth round is when I want my quarterback. I want either Mahomes, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, or Justin Herbert. And then Russell Wilson is perfectly fine too, but I, I like those five better. Did I miss any of the running QBs? Did I miss anyone? No, no, you got yeah. the So I, oh, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So I want one of those six quarterbacks. So I don't want to take a, the, the first, but I do want one of those guys. In, and when I play in my single QB leagues, I'm proactively trying to draft those guys. Now, if they're if they're going in the third and fourth round, no. But if they're going in the fifth and sixth round, for me, that's a yes. I'd I'm, rather have one of those guys than like a Mike Davis. I'm going to present my contrast to what you're saying because I There's get no, it, running quarterback. I do have a contrast to it, though, and it's just one simple thing. Because I know that Fields and, and Lance 
are waiting in the wings for me, both running quarterbacks that I can get in rounds 12, 13, and 14. I would, I am comfortable taking that chance. I am going into the season saying that I don't think that Fields will be on the bench for more than three games. I don't think that Trey Lance will be on the bench for more than four games. So I'm accepting taking a guy like a Hertz, who I think is equally as good, 25 point potential, and stashing one of Lance or Fields on my bench. They will be on my bench so that I'm ready in the wings with a 30 point per week level stud. Just in case. And if that works out, that's great. I'm betting the yeah. base rate on that in my meaningful drafts. I'm talking about the drafts where I have to put real money yeah. on the line or real pride. And the base rate says that even if these quarterbacks are running, very few of them are going to be good at first. So if you're waiting three or four games for them to start, and then you need another game or two for them to get up to speed in the NFL, that that's that's you know, that eats up a roster spot. What you're saying is a good strategy, and I recommend you doing it, but in the league, I'm just telling you the way I've actually done. A lot of times we give advice, and even fantasy analysts who give advice, they until they're on the clock, they don't know what they're going to do. And I can tell you, the geek has actually practiced this in our drafts that we've had already. So he is telling you exactly what he's done. I am telling you what I have done, and that is make sure I have one of those six running quarterbacks. All right. All right. Let's, so let's wait, move wait, on. Wait. Before we move on, I want to talk about now this is oh. a ball call presented by DFS Army, but I want to talk about our sponsor for today's podcast, which is Thrive Fantasy. Now, Thrive Fantasy is a pick'em style prop betting game where you can play in big tournaments, choose a bunch of props, and over, under, totals, all those kind of things. Each prop that they have has a yes or no response, and over and under something like that. You pick a bunch of them, you enter a tournament, you win lots of money. So it's a DFS-style contest. And for my DFS Army people, you are my brothers, you are my sisters, you're my family. We have projections for this stuff. You can take the DFS Army projection models, which break down things like receptions and yards and touchdown uh, totals and things like that, compare it to the odds on Thrive, and put together four, five, six-team sort of parlays to take down tournaments over there. They've got a really cool promo going. And when you use promo code DFS Army, go to uh, Thrive Fantasy, use code DFS Army. They get they match hundred up to hundred dollars of your initial deposit. So you can go. Yeah, you over put there. it. You put in fifty bucks. They match fifty bucks. And I'm telling we've we've had a lot of we've dealt with a lot of these uh, the prop fantasy companies. This is the best one. I mean, it, not just because they're sponsoring, it's because it's the coolest game and it literally is the coolest app. So again, if you like underdog fantasy, if you were drafting on them all summer, this is a similar interface experience. Like they Thrive Fantasy nailed the experience, and our props on DFS Army, our projections go hand in hand with winning this contest and there's not a lot of sharks in there yet. So it is very winnable. Use code DFS army. All right, let's, we're going to come back and talk about thrive again in a little bit, but my first tip is that you talk about this every year. So this is coming from right out of the geeks, a fa uh, fantasy football playbook. One of these wide receivers going in the double digit rounds is going to break out. So you need to draft a, a few of these. So last year it was T Higgins, which is ADP was the 15th round. You were happy. So it, it's all, it's going to be impossible to pick out which one. Now, of course, Jamar Chase, he has a good chance to break out, but he's going in the fifth. Rookie, rookie wide receiver. Rookie wide receivers. Did late. I say tight ends? Clear. You didn't say rookies. Oh, so yeah. I was like, yeah, there are lots of wide receivers going in late rounds. Yeah, I meant specifically rookie wide receivers. Yeah. Now, you always say there's going to be one. And obviously, the you know the guys that go at the top of the draft, Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, we're not going to get them. Last unless year, was, it was actually specifically 
T. Higgins. Yeah, and and again, yeah. but there's no way anyone could have known. So what I want you to do is that if you know a very good fantasy football strategy is to just draft running backs that are one injury away, or at least one injury away from being an injury away at the end. Just load your your back your bench up with Daryl Henderson types and and just again the Gus Edwards types. But if you do go running back early and you want to load your bench up at the end of the draft with wide receivers. Get three rookies. You're going to drop them by week one. It's You're going to probably burn pick 13, 14, and 15 if you do this, but one of them will break out, and you will be happy. Look, All right. Let's throw you, some names out of, of potential guys who fit this bill. Yeah, you give me two, and then I'll give you two. Yeah, I, I don't like to just give a broad base. So I'll throw a couple out there. Not, not, not that I'm high on these people, but I'll say Nico Collins from the, um, from, from the Texans is one. Tarachi Marshall, Tarachi Marshall Jr. I'm waiting for the smile for calling him Tarachi. Yeah, I mean that's such an inside joke that uh, it just has too much. Almost, it's too much. Terrace yeah. Marshall Jr. Uh, from Look, uh, your boy Frank thinks um, he's off Panthers. chase. Uh, good one here, Amon Ross St. Brown from Chad. Yeah, I think that's a really sharp pick right there. Uh, Mooney, coming. even though Darn Mooney. Noble. Is not a rookie, but yeah, he qualifies as a, a young wide receiver that has the upside. Uh, yeah, so the uh, the one who I underlined was Terrace Marshall, and for a for a good reason. And Terrace Marshall, he he's lighting it up in camp, and this is the system in which he flourished at, at LSU. He played under Joe Brady in that two thousand was it eighteen or nineteen team that just had a nuclear offense. He knows the playbook. There is almost no studying done. It's like if you walked back into a job that you had before and they're trying to teach you the internet, you're like, no, no, I know where the coffee machine is. I know where the copier is. He just he walked in feeling comfortable. They're saying that it looks like he's been there. He was the most pro-ready prospect as it was. So Terrace Marshall looks the part in the preseason. He's a Robbie Anderson injury. Robbie Anderson is like 170 pounds. Super skinny. 190, 190. I know. I'm I'm exaggerating, but he's a he's a Robbie Anderson injury away from you know being a meaningful starter. I've got a stinky cheese one for you, says that no one likes. You can get this man, and I, I don't have high hopes, but you never know. You can get this man in the literal last round. Like you take a you take a kicker second to last round, and you wait the last this guy's there for you. That's Giants wide receiver and High draft pick Kadarius Tony. Yeah, the problem is he's al- he's he's already hurt and he's not pl- he hasn't been practicing. I know he's stinky cheese, man. I just said no one wants this man. Well, well no again, it's you just don't want to draft a put. Yeah. We 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 preach often staying away from and I like the the mindset. First round draft capital. Nobody wants him, no one's thinking about him. Last pick, but he, I want to see him. I want to see a rookie practice. I don't think a rookie can come in not having the playbook. There's a lot of options there. So I would not recommend Kadarius Tony, but I like it's the, the mindset. name more than just like, you know, that's the, the idea. Player. It's no the idea. Kadarius Tony heard all the time was a terrible draft pick to begin with. Hmm. But but, you know, that's the kind of guy that can get you there. Yeah. And by the way, all of this, like it, when we're talking about Terrace Marshall. We both like Robbie Anderson, who just signed a twenty nine million dollar extension, 20 million guaranteed. DJ Moore, everybody likes. They're taking him in the fifth, sixth round. Do you think there's a chance that Sam Darnold just comes out and is on fire? I mean, I know no. you've been anti-Sam Darnold, but I'm warming up to him. I mean, certainly in Superflex. Obviously, every quarterback gets drafted. But if you really want to punt the position, and I mean, like, I we you and I were in a 20-round draft, a single QB, high stakes too, like a 350-er, and 10 bench spots, 
Sam Darnold wasn't drafted. So yeah, he's gross. He's gross. Um, there's nothing Sam Darnold really does that scores good fantasy points. So I, I, I mean, just who has better weapons? Who has better I, uh, Ben Roethlisberger or Sam Darnold? Who has better I'd weapons? Have, I'd rather have Ben Roethlisberger. And he's still available when Sam Darnold's going yeah, off the board. Totally. So I'd I just rather have Ben Ben Roethlisberger has been good. Um, so yeah, I'd I just rather have him given the choice. Like I'd rather have everyone. One other guy I want to say, and and this guy's not stinky cheese rookie. But I really like him, so I want to mention him. And he's not going in the first 36 wide receivers. Is Jets wide receiver Elijah Moore. Who would you rather have at this point, Elijah Moore or uh, Corey Davis? Because they're going in a similar spot now. I I think it's Corey Davis, but I really like like, uh, Elijah. So I think it is Corey Davis at this point that you want. And Corey Davis is available outside the top 36. He's one of my favorite sleeper plays. So, you know, sleeper alert, Corey Davis will get you WR2 probably numbers this season for a WR4 slash five price point. One of the best values in the draft right now. So make sure you're drafting Corey Davis. Okay. So next piece of advice I have is if you're going to take a Bengals wide receiver, uh, Take Tyler Boyd. And I know that the other two are better receivers. And I'm curious to hear your pushback on this. Tyler Boyd in the high stakes leagues is moving up. He went from wide receiver 40 to wide receiver 30 over the last few weeks. And the reason is they all have an equal chance to be Joe Burrow's favorite target, right? I mean, we don't even like any of the Bengals, but if you're going to take one, the seventh or eighth round of Tyler Boyd, and if he's moving up to the sixth, I'm still okay with it if you went running back early. But last year, while Joe Burrow was playing, he was getting the most receptions, the most yards of, of all the receivers there. He had about 80 catches last year. And, you know, Jamar Chase, he's had, you know, he hasn't played football in a while. I'm, I'm sure you've heard that narrative. He hasn't played since 2019. He's having the rookie yips a little bit, and that scares me. I know some people don't think it means anything, but he's going to take a minute to get up to speed. And T. Higgins is no doubt about his role or his ability, and he's going to, you know, command his targets. But Tyler Boyd's going to be that. As Joe Burrow is having trouble stepping into some throws and, and getting back up to speed from his ACL, I think with no tight end in sight, he's going to lean on Tyler Boyd. He's a player that I am not leaving my draft it up because he goes in the seventh or eighth round yeah so let me let me put this into more understandable words because i'm not going to argue against it what i'm going to say is because because now on on social media people are going to come out and say says things tyler boyd is the shit and t higgins sucks and you know you're a stupid says you suck and you're canceled um woke mob but here's the deal the opportunity cost of drafting t higgins is you're giving up somebody really significant because T Higgins is on the board, but you know who else is available? Oh, Chase Claypool's there. Deontay Johnson's there. Well, um, that's you know, the area where I generally take my uh, dual threat quarterback too. Where well, that's what I'm saying. That fifth round, you know, Brandon Ayuk is there. TJ Hawkinson. Players, good players. Uh, Mark Andrews might still be on the board. Right. So the opportunity cost of the Higgins pick, it's not just the player by himself. It's the opportunity. Cost. All right. I took him in the fifth round, but, I gave up on Debo Samuel, all these other, or, or all these other fifth round guy. Debo is actually a couple rounds later, but a couple rounds later, I have another, yeah, player you can... another favorite sleeper that I'm going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, there's so many, I actually, I can just go on and on, but by the time you're taking Boyd, you know, it's looking kind of gross. It's like well, he's the, Sanders. Well, he's uh, the cut line for me of the last receiver that you could start every week and not yeah. think about it. And somebody asked about slot receivers. I saw in the comments and Boyd is one of those guys, solid slot receiver, 
Um, you know, he's going to get a lot of receptions and he's done it. No one. He's like stink cheese for no good reason. He's been productive every year in PPR leagues. Who do you, who do you think is going to have more receptions this year? T Higgins or Tyler Boyd? If you were going even money, who would have more? I'm not talking about yards and touchdowns. It's receptions for your PPR league. I mean, yeah, I mean Boyd I, is a better bet. Yeah, I think Boyd is probably a better bet for that. So he's playing He's playing a position that's going to be less affected by having two good guys on the outside mm-hmm. with Chase and Higgins. And he's the, he's the de facto bit. tight end in a sense anyway, because they don't really – I know our guy Clipboard Jesus thinks Thaddeus Moss is a, is a viable player. So, But obviously Clipboard we are Jesus both thumbs down. That. Yeah. <laughs> on them uh another thing i want to talk about now actually it's your turn to talk but i just wanted well, to i, I wanted to have, give a piece of i do have a paper oh, I wrote okay that. god yeah no give your <laughs> what we're doing on this podcast by the way uh sponsored by thrive fantasy absolutely download them they are a, a prop site prop up with them use code dfs army you get a, a, a deposit match but we are giving you last minute fantasy football advice because most of you are drafting this weekend or next weekend i mean we all are and you just want to remind you of a few things so you don't get tightened up when you go on, you go into your draft room. So, Geek, what's the next piece of advice? All right. So, one of my things is I like drafting teams that are um, able to absorb injury, right? I like the idea, and I keep this in my mind when I'm drafting my team, that I there's a term called elastic, right? I don't want to get into it too crazy, but... I like my teams to have elasticity. This guy goes down, somebody else steps up. So I want you to both understand who the running backs are with premium handcuffs, and then when you and then target those running backs and their premium handcuffs when you're drafting. So I favor a player if I know that he has a premium handcuff that I can grab, especially when the premium handcuff I can grab is somebody I can do in the last few rounds. Like, and I'll give you a, a contrast: Nick Chubb and a premium handcuff of. Kareem Hunt is not a very great situation because I got to still take Hunt in like the sixth round or the set. Like Hunt, I can't get him late enough. I've got to waste essentially what is a premium pick on a Kareem Hunt as his backup. But Dalvin Cook and a premium handcuff of Alexander Madison, well, that I like because I've got Cook and now I can premium handcuff him with someone like Madison. He's going to sit on my bench. He's not starting when Cook is in there. Not a flex play, but he is the elasticity of my my roster. So the- when I have cook and I have premium guy behind him. And so I'm going to name a few of these and I make sure that I get those guys in my lineup together. I know that I'm covered at running back. I don't need a whole bunch of extra running backs. I don't need to take a whole bunch of potential guys. I don't need, I don't need them. I've got, let's say two running backs that are premium handcuffed with premium um, uh, backups. So it says, who are your favorite running back pr- combos? That, that you can sort of say, hey, if this guy goes down, his backup is so, RB1. Yeah, I, I take a little different approach, but I like what you're saying. I The approach is I try to take other people's handcuffs. So if I am the Dalvin Cook uh, drafter, I don't necessarily want Madison on my bench. I know some that's a you know a great strategy to do. You feel good, but it burns a roster spot and it limits your upside. What I'm going to do is, for example, is I'm going to draft Dalvin Cook and have Tony Pollard on my bench. So now if Zeke goes down, I have Pollard and I have Dalvin Cook. Now, Nothing worse than the guy in your league who takes your who takes your handcuff. <laughs> that's You're the me. ham of the league that we all hate. Yes, and Just I think that, know that. that I think that is how you win leagues. Again, it, what Geek is telling you is certainly it's like buying insurance, and insurance I, there's your, a cost. Your approach is much more, and I think, and uh, here's here's what I think is going on here. Season long says, "You're in so many of the NFFC Championship tournament style leagues that." 
it's essentially skewing your your understanding of how how not difficult it is to win your your friends and family league. Like you yeah. don't need to do that. I don't need the extra guy in my friends and family. I'm going to draft <clears throat> better than most people. And the only thing that's going to get me is injury. So like if I was in a tournament style where there's a weeks 14, 15, 16, where I need to actually beat like a lot of people, NFFC style, uh, FFPC style, only mentioned in those two, the only ones to talk about, right? Then I want to do exactly what you just mentioned. Because if I can possibly get Alexander Madison combined with my Zeke Elliott shares, now I'm, I'm now you're cooking. Yeah, now you're yeah. cooking, and and yet, and you're really sharp to say that, and that definitely makes sense in those situations. Now, here's the other part about your home leagues, though. If you have only five bench spots and you're drafting your direct handcuff, it may feel good in the beginning of the season, but now you're down a bench spot. And what yeah. those bench spots do have a call. Like that's how you pick up Justin Jefferson when week two, when he breaks out, that's how you pick up Mike Davis when he breaks out. So you are burning a bench spot in a sense. Now, once week eight comes around week seven, week nine, and you know you're playoff bound, my my philosophy actually reverses. Now I'm trying to get, and I know I'm making the playoffs, right? Week 10, I know I'm making the playoffs. Now I'm trying to acquire my handcuffs, even a little bit ahead of that, because now I want to have that um, more solid roster. Depth doesn't matter as we get further into the season. In the beginning of the season is where I'm taking other people's handcuffs. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't do what you just said. No, very it's fair just, point. It's just um, a different bench, way of how I play. Bench size, size matters. Bench size matters. If you're only I thought size, size doesn't matter. Size. That's what I was always told. Who told you that? Who told you that? Men? <laughs> Dudes? Every, everybody. Dudes say that. All right. Yeah. So, but, um, so yeah, but I think there's two ways to play yeah. it. And I think that it, it, doing what uh, both of us said you can do, but I think that maybe trying to acquire your direct backups later in the draft is something that you should just think about before because there I've, I've thought this through and I used to always draft my direct backups. And I found that when things pop my way, it was because I played this way. Part of it is also for me, this is a 17 uh, game season. Yes. That is a factor too. You're Adding right. The game does add to the injury factor that we're not used to in the past. The extra game is extra wear and tear. One more opportunity for, your players to go down. So for me, I like having a lot of um, elasticity in the lineups that yeah. I, I put and together. And by the way, not only injury, how about some of the, the star running backs might get the NBA star treatment. And what I mean is like, uh, what, what do they call it? Uh, load, manage, load management. Load management. You right. might get like, a little bit of that too. Yeah. If the Cowboys, again, let's hypothetically say the Cowboys are, are seven and one or six and two or eight and three. And they just have like a, a horrible weather game coming up, just like a muckety muck game. And and Zeke's a little banged up, but he could play. They may, you know, dress him and you'll never know. But Tony Pollard might get 23 carries that game and they're just resting Zeke. That is going to happen if, this year, but it, it's going to happen across the board. If the NFL starts pulling that shit. Well, they're not going to not dress the guys because that's how the NBA got in trouble. Like James Harden would just not, he'd be in a suit and tie. What the, the correct way to do it, if you really want to skate the system, is that only screws fantasy people even more. So that's but they don't care. They don't care. They want to win a championship. Well, they want to screw my fantasy football team. Or, and the other thing I'll they might do, yeah, I, will, no. I will tweet storm those motherfuckers. I am. But it's not only might they not uh, you know, do load management, they could do a thing where like Zeke plays for, and I don't mean to pick on Zeke. It could be Nick Chubb. It could be any of these guys. They could play for three quarters and then literally sit them for the whole fourth quarter. That does happen. All right. Let's move on to another tip. And this is, uh, I've got one that I want to throw out there. And then I'm going to have you, 
who is unaware of this tip. And by the way, our guy of- Frank said CMC and Chuba Hubbard. Uh, you know, I, that seems right with the back direct backup, but it, it's not it's not one of these guys we know for sure is going to be what, a direct backup. You want you want a locked in Tony Pollard, yeah. Alexander Madison level. I know for because the worst thing that you do is you take a a, a wishy washy backup and and they don't end up starting and you wasted your bench spot anyway. That that is a disaster. Like, you know. Uh, you're backing up Najee Harris with uh, what's his what's his uh, Benny Snizzles. Right. And I don't think he's sudden, on the team anymore. Yeah. I know uh, what you're right, but you know what I'm saying. Um, so anyway, l- the here's here's an important one. Fill up your bench. And this goes back to something we've been talking about a lot. Fill up your bench with high upside players, not safe like, you know, yeoman like. Average jazz. Give examples. Give names. Give examples. Well, this is where we're going. Okay. What are the high upside guys that you could put on your bench rather than the yeoman? I'll give you a name. How about how about um Jalen Waddle? And I know it's going back to a rookie, but we don't really know. Uh, actually, I'll give you an even better one. Same team. Will Fuller, right? Will Fuller is the ultimate example. For some reason, this man is. Still available after WR36. He's going as a WR5 right now. Will Fuller, a guy who everybody thinks is an injury guy, and he has been throughout his career, but when he's played, he has absolutely smashed. So when you're making a choice on your bench and you've got somebody like, again, like an Emmanuel Sanders, a Traquan Smith there, and you'll, or, or maybe Smith isn't a best example, but like one of these consistent steady guys even a russell gage no go for the will fuller type go for the home run hitter that can destroy your league for you that can win a season for you and i've got a bunch of these but let's go back and forth says so i i threw out will fuller jalen waddle give me some high upside guys that you and and who you'll take them over so you're kind of looking at like an average joe guy hold down the the ford at flex for you one week or uh maybe a zero but could be a hero type so you're talking about like when you get into like the eighth, ninth, tenth, twelfth round, stuff like that. Bench players. Yeah, somebody that you need to proactively draft, and we all get anchored to our previous uh, perceptions of these players. But you need to go out. I mean, what else do you need to see? Just go draft Marcus Callaway in the eighth and ninth round. I mean, this is no reason. Like, don't wait to like, yeah, his ADP is in the fourteenth round. Just take let's him. Explain, let's explain who he is. Hold on, not everybody knows who that is. But you Mark agree with the call, right? Just go get I was him. gonna. I was. I left him out there for you. I okay. literally left. I didn't. So Marquez Marquez Callaway is the breakout wide receiver from the Saints. Has looked amazing in uh, the preseason. Absolutely looks like he's got the starting WR one role over there on lockdown. Michael Thomas a wall right now. Won't see him six to eight weeks if that. If that. So. I don't even think this is a uh, Marcus Callaway starting on my team like week one. Yeah, well, WR three. There you go. So there, let's just go through the checklist of things why Callaway is an auto draft in the eighth, ninth round of your one QB leagues. Okay, so he was undrafted wide receiver. He he wasn't drafted in the real NFL draft. So that right. is like a ba- that's a negative thing. But he should have been drafted. He was one of the players that just got he, he was overlooked by the the real NFL drafting community. So he comes in there, he looks every bit of a part of a wide receiver one. Michael Thomas is out, Adam Troutman is out. He is literally the only target there with any credibility. The other player that would have challenged him for targets, Traquan Smith, has never showed up with any consistency. He's already banged up. 
Now, Jameis Winston presumably is winning that job, who has the cannon of an arm and has proven already that he could take a wide receiver, even if they're marginal, but Marcus Callaway is, is super and hyper-athletic, and turn them into a top 20, 25 receiver, no problem. I think Marcus Callaway, at least for the first month of the season, is playable right away, just like you said. Yeah, everything is lined. Everything easy. is lined up for them, and there's no competition. You got to go get him, and you got to go start him. And if he gets off to a hot start, and somebody wants to upgrade you from a, a, a player that maybe say Cooper Cup got a bad start, that's the type of sharp trade you're going to make. If Callaway gets three catches or four or five catches for 80 yards and two touchdowns, then you could cash that chip in. Absolutely. So uh, I love Callaway. I'm not even sure if that's a, a sleeper anymore. Um, he, it's, but not, it's not a sleeper in the sense where he's been like we've seen it, but it's a sleeper in the sense where everyone thinks they can wait till round 10 to get him. I'm telling you, if you're watching this video, just go get him in round seven or eight and don't even think about it. I've got one for you that I know you'll like. Again, last pick in your draft. Upside player. How about Paris Campbell? Oh, by the way, before we get to Campbell, and that's a great pick. You see, uh, uh, DFS Army's own Chris uh, Chris Felicetta was, uh, did. He he said in his article, his NFC South article on DFS Army, that Callaway, uh, you know, was a steal. I mean, so this was already highlighted by one of DFS Army's own. So we just want to highlight that. But yeah, yeah great back, call, Chris. back to Campbell. Go ahead, back to Paris Campbell. Oh, yeah, how about Paris Campbell? So uh, a promising rookie has had injury marred issues. The last couple of seasons has never gone. He's looked okay when he's been on the field. So now Carson Wentz is with, uh, with the Colts. T.Y. Hilton, another year older. Michael Pittman, unknown quantity. What about a breakout year from Paris Campbell? That's a high upside play. Do I expect it to happen? No. Is there a reason that he's going really late? Sure. Can you leave him on the bench? Can you leave him on waivers and then grab him You know, after a big week? Probably. But for your last pick in your draft... Would you rather have him or, like I said, some just okay guy that, you know, um, think like a – I'm trying to think of these types of players that you take just to fill out your your draft, even though you know you're never going to play him, like a Keelan Cole. Marquez Valdez Scantling. Yeah, like Lazard Scantling type guys. Um, those, those players that you just kind of – Emmanuel Sanders keeps coming to mind for me for some reason. But those players that really probably not going to excite you very much, not going to do that uh, much for you. Um, but by the way, Valdez Scantling is going ahead of Paris Campbell. That's why I brought his name up. And it, and it, it's a good example because like, I don't, I don't love either guy, but like, give me a shot. I'll take a shot on Paris Campbell, a, a high, highly drafted player who's been hurt a couple of years. He could break out. It could happen. Yeah. Um, before, and again, I don't want to get too caught up on sleepers. We'll come back to this. I think people like this. I could see people, the more we talk about sleepers, the more the, the room piles well, we up. I see sleepers, man. We yeah. Love sleepers. I, I just want to talk about, since this is a strategy video, this is a last minute advice for, if, for those of you who are playing in, in leagues with kickers and defenses, I have a definite strategy that I'm using this year. I'm sure everyone does now. Norm, traditionally, you've heard people say, and it's not a bad one, take your kicker and defense in the last rounds. I'm okay with reaching up for kickers that are on good offenses with late buys. Let me just repeat that so you hear what I said again, is that with late buys, around uh, round 12, oh, sorry, week 12 buy. Because this way you don't have to deal with, if you have a good kicker who's got like a week four buy with holding on to them when you don't need to, you have forced to drop them. So if you get like Harrison Bucker, I think the Chiefs have a late buy this year. I certainly think Baltimore has a late buy. By then you'll know if you're in, the playoffs are out. 
So get a, a one of the elite kickers. And again, you could reach up a couple rounds. I'm okay taking a kicker around 13 or 14. I know that's like a 16 rounder guy. Yeah, a 16 round draft. Now, now give me three teams because I don't like using names of kickers that don't give a fuck what their name is. Um, give me three teams whose kicker you're willing to reach ahead of the last round for. Yeah, uh, uh, Harrison Bucker, who's on no names. I want team names. Oh, okay. Uh, the Chiefs. We all know Justin Tucker. I know no names, but he, but he deserves a name. Tucker right. is the only kicker that deserves to be uh, named. Yep. And so, and wait, there's one other one who has a really like the money badger or some. The, some there's there's you're one talking other about Greg Deleg? No, uh, uh, Badgley, the money oh, badger. My, yeah. My, yeah. So like th him. these are the teams that I would take, uh, especially with where their their buys are. I would take the uh, Ravens kicker. Chiefs kicker, Atlanta Falcons kicker, Young Ho Koo. He he was pretty good last year. Um, up until he got hurt, the Tampa Bay kicker, I was taking him, but he got hurt, so I'm not sure who's going to be there. And then Dallas and Buffalo. Buffalo kicker, uh, for me, is the number one kicker. They do have, let me see where their buy is. I'm looking it up as we talk. Interesting but, Buffalo because it's it's a weather place, outdoor. right? But early in the season, that's not going to matter. And but also he uh, he's a, he was a rookie last year. He just boots it. And and also the Chiefs. The the problem with Butker and the Chiefs is they go for it a lot on fourth downs. They don't opt for field goals a lot. So you're relying on extra points. Now if you get sixty extra points, who cares? But Buffalo uh, fourth and three, they will kick the field goal often. So uh, so uh, I I, I want to address Silver Raptor in in the chat, and you could pop his thing up here. Dude, this is just like if you if you th there's a secondary. Reason. I, I'm not let's say, like it's not a definitely reach up for a kicker. I would have thrown in defense in the same discussion where it, kicker or defense. It was more of a don't be afraid to take one a round or two before the end if it's a person that you don't have to worry about streaming. So you know part of what we do myself says here and a lot of us is we we we're actually in quite a few leagues. So the less in-season management I need to be messing with week to week is better. So I'm going to turn this around to the to the defense position. I've been perfectly fine streaming defenses for entire seasons. Fine by me. You know, this season we could just look at the Texans schedule and whoever's playing them, play that team. You know, like that's like, all right, who's playing the Texans this week? Use them, right? Who's playing the Giants this week? Use them, right? Sorry, Giants fans. Sorry, Frank. Um, but um, we can we can do that. Ah, I lost says here, but um, overall, on defense is the same way. If you take a defense a couple of rounds early, if it's one of the three or four defenses that are elite, it's fine to do that because then you don't have to stream anyone. So if I can get Rams, if I can get Bucks. If I can get Washington, those are all defenses that I'm not worried about. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, those are defenses. Did I miss anyone? Those are all defenses where I'm not worried about it. As long as I got that defense on my team, I'm in good shape. And no matter what happens week to week, I don't have to stream. I'm just going to play the, playing the Steelers, playing the Steelers this week, playing Washington, playing the Rams. Don't care who they're going up against. So I don't mind it a couple of rounds early because it doesn't actually hurt your player selection either. You still grab like in that last round, everybody's taking defenses and kickers in the last two rounds. So you could just gobble up whatever players you were going to take in the, if it's a 16 round league. So in round 13 and 14, you take kicker defense 15 and 16. You're not, the, you're not competing with anybody for players. You're just getting 
defenses. Now, we seem to have lost season-long says, which is all right, even though I can't remove the comment from the um, from the screen here. But I'm going to go into one other of my tips for this season. Take advantage of market inefficiency. All right. So the last tip I've got, take advantage of market inefficiencies. And I'm going to talk about a couple of players here where you can actually do that. You can take advantage where, the, where a market inefficiency exists that you can take advantage of. And the first player, this is all value sleep or whatever you want to call it. So a couple of interesting recent um, headlines have come out about a couple of running backs that I want to go over. The first one is, James Robinson running back from the Jaguars. Now, Travis Etienne is out for the season, leaving Robinson as essentially the only game in town on that team. They have no one else. So what can we do to take advantage of this? Well, here's the thing. The ADP on your drafting kit, or let's say you're, you're drafting on Yahoo, you're drafting on Sleeper. ADP takes a while to catch up with the news. That plus, there are a lot of donkey analysts who don't understand implications or they're afraid to make a massive move on a player. So uh, as an example, we did this a little bit on our video yesterday. I was, I was looking at James Robinson. Ooh, Chris got a cute question. I'll get to that in a minute. But I was drafting James Robinson as an RB10 to 12, that range. But the consensus out there is more RB16 to 18. Why? Because this was a player that was RB25, injury happens, and people are hesitant to push up players very far, like in a hurry. So what ends up happening is it's a market inefficiency. James Robinson is every bit as good or better uh, of, an, of a running back play as, you know, the David Montgomery's of the world, uh, certainly the, the Miles Sanders of the world, the Clyde Edwards Lairs of the world. Better than Dobbins, better than those guys, better than Swift for me. Potentially better than even a Najee Harris. This guy has shown durability. He's done it over a full NFL season. He had a 90% workload with the Jaguars last year. He was like RB3 or 4 overall or 5. I don't have the numbers in front of me anymore. Uh, he might have been RB7. I don't know. I think he was a top 5 RB last season, given his volume. So people say, well, his workload is going to be a little bit less. There he is. So people say a James Robinson's workload is a little bit less this year. So what? This is a guy who didn't have less than 10 fantasy points in a single game all of last season. But you're, the, the market is inefficient. This is my market inefficiencies take advantage of, uh, says. And the market is inefficient on this. Number one, again, ADP doesn't catch up on your platform. So he's not showing as the next man up. And most of your league mates are- Are, are you talking about like abusing the, the default rankings? Yeah, the default settings. And, and market inefficiencies. Plus, again, a lot of people who analyze fantasy football are a bunch of donkeys. No offense. Their takes are stupid. And let them put their stupid takes out there. We take advantage of that. I'm not going to name names, but I saw an analyst the other day put out, and this is a known person, put out a tweet about how, like, no one can prove to him that Robinson is a better play than there. And there's absolutely no evidence or anything that you could ever say that Robinson is a better play than Darrell Henderson. Now, I'm a Darrell Henderson guy. Like, what are you I talking about? We could, we could, we've seen it already from Robinson. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, I can. It's called Robinson held up through an entire season of massive workload 
and Darrell Henderson has not. That alone is the reason why every rookie running back is always dangerous because I don't know if he can hold up. These guys get hurt. Travis Etienne buses, uh, buses Liz Frank shows up, takes a prostitute. Elizabeth Frank got the STD, can't play football for a while. That's what happens. I don't know what these guys are up to. Going out <laughs> after the games, <laughs> partying. I don't know what the fuck with hookers. Who's Liz Frank? She gets around. It's your Liz Frank. It's not your Liz Frank. It's Liz, Liz, Liz Frank. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yeah. So I don't know where you left off last. So, yeah. So I, but, I yeah, we lost you. I, I held it down, but I, I moved Yeah, on I'm sorry about it. Well, actually, we've we've come to the end of the episode anyway. There so we go. if I, you want to just you want to just give one more like couple, final piece of advice. Questions. I think we can we can address some of the questions in the chat if you want. Yeah, yeah sure. Sure. So here you go. I mean, people are asking um Again, this is very league specific, but someone was asking, and this might help you too if you have this same situation. Someone was asking if you have like three keepers to choose from uh, DK Metcalf, Michael Carter. Uh, oh, this is a trade DK Metcalf and, and Carter for uh, for McLaurin and Connor in a fourth round pick. Yeah, I mean, you you and I are always, I mean, it's it's a similar trade. It's, it's, I mean, I like the DK side, but you know. That's yeah, that, that one's too uh, Chris Felicita had a yeah, keep it simple if you want those type of questions answered, but I appreciate it. Um, if Chris had a question saying about benching Herbert at a, a and this brings up a bigger question, I love the two two question. How do you, Chris, you're in my brain, right? So he wants to talk about like benching Herbert at Washington for Jameis at Green Bay. So this really comes out to benching a stud quarterback against a good defense versus your marginal quarterback with a good matchup. Generally, how do you handle that? So we'll we'll address it. Yeah, I think I would still play Herbert, but how do you generally handle something like that? Because this comes up all the time in our start set questions. Do you play the stud versus the tough defense, or do you go with the easier matchup with the marginal guy? He, he used my language because one of the things I tell DFS Army um, subs when they ask us in the season-long um, Discord chat Hey, you know, should I bench, you know, Stud X this week uh, for, you know, backup Y because Stud X is in a bad matchup? I go, dude, don't get cute. Okay. You drafted Antonio Gibson for a reason. And it wasn't so you could throw him on the bench when they're up against Pittsburgh. You play your studs. Now, with that being said, at quarterback against Washington, I don't have an issue if you decided to bet. But why is Jameis Winston your backup quarterback? That's my issue, for Chris Felsetta. Like, can't you get be a some sort of a dynasty league or something, you know? Yeah, like is it what kind of league is this? Like, get a better backup than right. than Jameis. I love Jameis, but come on. I mean, Taysom Hill's over there stealing all the tutties. All right. So last piece of advice. What what's the last thing you want to tell people before we sign off here and, and uh just do our, our ending? Is I, I there will, anything else? What what's like just give me the, the last few things I need to know before I go into my draft? I'm just gonna go back. I'm just gonna go back to what I said at the beginning of this. The worst thing you could do is not be prepared when you do three mocks or when you do 10 best ball leagues. And why are you not drafting best ball leagues? You should be prepared by the time you go into a draft. You should have done by the All right, but say they didn't. Where are they at right now? Be prepared so that you're aware that in the third round, when you're making the decision between these four or five players, you know exactly which one you're going to take. Don't sit That's there in your actual draft not knowing if you're, if you're onto T. Higgins or Brandon Ayuk. That will come up. Okay. And I wanted to, I want to piggyback onto what you just said is that don't be caught off guard. Don't yell out. Don't be the guy that's like, oh, I got sniped. Now I need to scramble and scrap through my papers. Know what happens. No, like as it's coming, as you see the draft coming towards you, no, start doing the math. Say, okay, 
Um, I need to, there's three more picks until I pick. I need to have four guys in my queue. So what I would do is uh, uh, your prep before the draft. Forget like if, you've done, if they haven't done best ball or mock drafts, it, it's too late. So what you got to do <laughs> is you got to go into the draft about 35 minutes before the draft and start queuing players in the order you want them for each of the sections of the draft. Start queuing your rounds one through four players. They're going to disappear out of the queue anyway. Then start queuing rounds five through eight and then all the way for the back part of the draft. This way, when it's coming towards you, you know who you can pick from. Never get caught off guard. And I think that what Geek's telling you is essentially the same thing I'm underlining here. Don't get caught off guard. Don't yell out, snipe. Have fun with your draft, but don't be surprised. And don't start scrambling. Already know who the next tier is if you have to dig into it. I want to add something to what you just said. You know, a big mistake that people make in the chat is you give away probably important information in the chat that you never should. So... Have fun with your buddies. Be a troll in the chat if you want. Definitely mm. don't give away. Oh, run on QB is starting. Don't You're, that that's now. called. Yeah, he's talking about the chat, not this chat of this video. You're not talking about this. the chat of your draft room. In your draft, in your draft itself. Don't give away any information. Don't let anybody know. Oh, I needed a quarterback. Don't say anything. All right. Not that it's that big of a deal, but don't be that guy. Let somebody else do that. You, you troll. Be like, hey, good pick. Hey, bad pick. Say whatever the hell you want. Mess with your league mates. Mess with them. Oh, that guy sucks. Fine by me. But don't don't actually give away any any important information nuggets in your uh, draft room. And plus, if you're doing the table talk, like, you know, oh, I can't believe that um, T. Higgins is still on the board. Oh, my God. Like, everybody sees it. By you calling it out, it doesn't change anything. You're the one who looks weak in that draft. So, again, have fun. Have fun. Do what you want to do. But at this point, everybody has access to the same information. Everyone's looking at the same things you're looking at. So, All right. Now, let me, uh, as, as, we, as we close this up, obviously, for our DFS Army subscribers, Sez and I are in the DFS Army Discord. We're here to help. For Chris Felicetta, who has commented, he's in the DFS Army Discord as well. Here to help. Okay, so when you have these questions, that's part of what being a DFS Army subscriber is. We're going to help you not just with your draft, draft decisions, trade decisions, but also in-season sit-start stuff. Everything you need to dominate your league, we're going to be doing. And one of the great things about DFS Army, this season, we, we introduced this this year, we have an NFL season pass. That means both season-long and DFS. We're known for DFS. We crush season-long. But we crush DFS even more. Multiple million dollar win. I won. Did you know I took a piece of a million dollar top prize last season? Bobby Wow. You Mil took one millionth, one millionth of it. I took, I, well, I split it with 1,200 of my friends. But that's what happens when you're part of DFS Army and you got a whole crew joining you on these plays. But um, Bobby Wow, solo million dollar winner, will be joining me on Showdown Breakdowns all, off season, all season long. So we, we have our optimizer, all the great tools at DFS Army. We have a NFL season pass. It's $199 for the entire, it's a 12-month pass. So it takes you all the way to this time next year. Draft kit and DFS tools specifically for NFL. It's $199. Um, if you go to DFSArmy.com and you get signed up. Now, another thing I want to talk about is Sharp. As you see it on my shirt, um, last week we launched the Sharp app. The Sharp app is a sports betting platform with tools and advice specifically tailored to sports gamblers. So think about DFS Army, except for sports betting. Now, if you go and you download the Sharp app right now from the iOS store, from the Android store, whatever it is, you don't even have to write us afterwards. 
You download the app, check it out. It's free. It gives you live odds. It has the Sharp Academy training course. Dude, that alone is a $399 training course that we've made free. It will teach you the basics of sports betting all the way out to advanced concepts, hedging, everything you've ever wanted to know to get comfortable sports betting. It's all free on the app right now. Okay, so if you go to the iOS store, the Android store, type in Sharp app, Sharp app, download it, you will get an email. We are close to the limit here, but there's still about 300 spots left. So the first thousand downloads will get a free membership to sharp bets which is our betting service and community so you want to do this because that alone is a 50 dollars value just download the app it's not hard go download it's free and you'll get emailed a, a follow-up for a free one month membership to the sharp bets.app betting service and community the sharp bets community has our prop model tool well let me ask college football i was just gonna ask you this I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you what you said. Just if if I'm a casual better, right? What does the Sharp app do for me? Like what when I download it, just tell me like the 30 second thing. Just for the people out there that haven't bet more than with their friend, a couple bucks ago, what's the main value they're going to get from downloading it? So uh, there's a lot of values, but it starts with- What's the main thing? The, the, well, I don't have one main because I have education and I have comparative odds. So two things, you can track your bets, learn how your bets are doing, a lot of people just bet. They don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, they, they bet on a whole bunch of different things. They don't know. Um, they don't they don't know, for example, well, am I betting well? And how am I doing on NFL bets versus this? We sort it out for you. We organize all your bets for you. Number two, the Sharp Academy training course. That alone is worth the price of admission, which is zero, because you get to learn all the basics of sports betting. What is okay, so if I'm a cat, I just want to get this straight. So if I'm a casual better, I download this free app that you guys made, and from there. I could look over this interesting content and just find out if there's any mistakes I've been making, just little leaks in my game right off the bat, and there's no cost to that. Take the Sharp Academy training course. Learn what is implied right. probability. I'm going to download it free, right now. You know the free bet of the day has won nine days in a row? We, we give out a free bet of the day. John Statsational Alicia, one of the best gamblers in the world, sports bettors in the world, puts out a free bet every single day. It's called the free bet of the day. And it, it, in the last nine days, it has hit every single day, including last night. Yankees, what, what, pulled it off in the last second. So keeping it going, I think it's 9 or 10 and 0 in the last 10 days. Free bet. What's the big deal? By the way, again, it's a free app. So, um, but my favorite part is comparative odds. I like looking at it and understanding that, oh, I want to bet the Jets plus, plus three this weekend. Well, guess what? If I just went to FanDuel instead of DraftKings, it's plus three and a half. Same odds. Holy shit. I just had to, had I not looked... I wouldn't have known that. So it increases your win odds exponentially. Again, download the Sharp app. Um, do nothing. We will send you. Now, we want you to leave a nice review. So please do that. If you are a fan of the app, leave a nice review. That really, really helps us. And we'll send mm -hmm. you a code for a free month of the Sharp Bets betting wow. service. And right, we're getting we're pushing over now. We don't want to push over an hour on this podcast. So just remember also, if you're a prop better, if you want to get into prop betting, uh, thrive fantasy, download the app, go to their, uh, go to their website, use code DFS army, get a hundred percent deposit match up to a hundred bucks. And, uh, until next time, we're going to be back again next week with a couple more podcasts, uh, and good luck in your drafts. Make sure you come into the DFS army discord, post your draft. Let us know how you did. If you do that, we'll give you a, a draft grade. And we promise to, uh, to be honest with you and tell you where your, your, areas of weakness are until next time guys goodbye